Welcome to the Principles of Performance podcast, where we discuss how to optimize your health, fitness, and performance. Drawing on decades of experience of working as coaches, consultants, and trainers to top performers, athletes, and teens from professional sports to top universities to the U.S. military, Eric Degatti and Mike Perry discuss topics and strategies of how to perform at your highest level and be your very best. Join us and our friends and colleagues who are leaders in the fitness and performance industry as we investigate and challenge the most popular training, nutrition, lifestyle, and recovery protocols. Principles of Performance podcast. I am your host, Eric Degatti, along with my friend and co-host, Mike Perry. Mike, welcome to episode number 76. This one's going to be fun. A little different uh, little different setup today, a little different layout. It's just going to be you and I uh, discussing several things, but uh, this is going to be fun. A little change of pace. Every once in a while, we like to have some, some us time, just Mike and I, and uh, <laughs> some quality time together. And so we, we have some different topics that are based on questions that we get from, from the listeners and, and on social media. And uh, one of the topics that we see quite a bit um, is talking about the new client experience. Now, if you're a coach or a trainer, so much emphasis right now is on client acquisition right? And getting leads and how are you going to get, you know, if you're a trainer and Mike, you always tell a story, like you get that DM, like, Hey, love your work. And then it's, Hey, would you like to get me, you know, 25 new clients by Friday? And it's usually like some 19 year old kid. And it's like, that's what the game has become. And, and what we don't realize is that, okay, great. I'm going to give you a hundred qualified leads. What's going to happen when they show up at your door? Because if you suck or if you blow their first experience in the door, you're never getting a second chance at that first impression. So we want to take take this this show and kind of dive into that new client experience and kind of talk to coaches and trainers. And I think we need to even go beyond that. I think this goes to to your physical therapists, to your chiropractors, to to anybody that's servicing in our world of of performance and health and fitness. I think this this rings true. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as we sort of discussed the uh, various aspects of this, um, you know, we need to understand a, a couple things when you are dealing with with a brand new client. Um, and we were just literally talking about this. Um, if you want to be in the best at the uh, the best in the world at, at coaching, personal training, whether you're a sports coach, skills coach, you have to be a good human being. You have to be. People want to have to be around you. And you have to be really, really good at your job. That is the path. It seems very, very simple, but that is the path. Um, but like Eric said, people spend all this time getting people through the door, but they are not good with people and they don't have any type of training system. So basically they get a bunch of people that have just signed up and then they all leave. So people spend all this time on lead acquisition and captures, and they put these systems together and spend fifteen, twenty thousand $20,000 putting these systems together to get people through the door only to find that they don't have an intake process, their programming sucks, their coaching sucks. And then all of that money is just down the drain. So before you go ahead and you spend all this money on marketing, what are you marketing and who is your demographic? Who is your target audience? 
and then go from there, right? You have to be good before you can try to scale. Don't scale before you're good. It won't work. So let's, let's talk a little bit about first, you know, who your audience is and appreciating who they are and getting yourself into their shoes before they walk in the door. All right. And what impression do you want to give off? And we had this discussion um, with Alan Cosgrove when he was on the show talking about the intimidation factor. Now, understanding that your general fitness client is going to be very different than your more athletically based client, right? The athletically based client is looking for a certain look and feel when they walk in the door. And then that fitness client is looking for something else. So they each have certain expectations, but they also have certain apprehensions and fears. And ultimately there's a huge level of vulnerability when they're walking through your door and you don't know how many times that they might've, you know, had your webpage up on their phone or even driven to your facility and then just not walked in the door because they just they just didn't have the guts that day to to make that change to commit to that change and they were fearful of what was on the other side of that door and then the other expectation is is the expectation of what were they're going to see when they walk in the door and what a coach or a trainer is especially if they've never worked with one and quite frankly that bar is set pretty low there's a pretty low expectation you know i was having a, a conversation with one of my um clients who's who's a doctor and he, he said it and then he caught, caught himself and, and he, he, you know, thinking he had offended me, I just kind of chuckled it off. But he said, oh, I went and met with, uh, you know, whoever it was he met with who was a professional. And he goes, yeah, the guy was like a former weightlifter, powerlifter. And I was surprised. He was actually really smart. And it was, and he's like, oh, I, I hope you didn't take that the wrong way. And it's like, people think people in the gym are just going to be just complete dummies with an iron on on our shirt and we're just going to show you exercise so if you can overcome those expectations and you can acquiesce their fears that is probably the the um first step in in really kind of building that that trust and rapport with somebody well absolutely and uh you know i've worked with adults and i've worked with uh elementary school kids and uh when you're training someone and it's very new and it, th that individual or that person or that group is new to you, your main goal should be to make them comfortable and to make sure that they are excited to come back, right? If, if you can do that, just make them excited to see you again or make them excited to come back to the gym again and get another session is get another session. And that is incredibly important. And that can be done a couple different ways, right? That can be done just delivering a really good product or it can be done through positive reinforcement. But the main goal is we want them to feel comfortable so they feel like I can come back and this is a place that I know that I can grow into and this is a place that will accept me. And, and I think that's what people really, really want when they come in. They wanna know that, hey, am I gonna fit in here? Are these my people? Am I going to feel comfortable? And look, that is so much more important than sets, reps, periodization and everything else, right? We need to make sure that they're comfortable and that they want to come back and they're excited about it. That to me is one of the most important things early on when you're working with a new client. I, uh, I love what Mark Fisher said last week. He said, your, your, your job initially is to be just a really good host. Like if you had people coming over the house, what would you do if you wanted to be a great host, right? You'd greet them at the door, you'd offer them a drink, you'd make them feel comfortable, take their, all those types of things that make people feel warm when, they, when they're in your presence. Now, when we talk about new, you actually have a conversation you call the new conversation. Like, talk, talk about what that means. 
Well, this is something that um, I started just adding into my spiel when people were coming into the gym and signing up because um, I've taken sales courses and and I've taken uh, all of those sort of online things that tell you this is how you get sales and this is the hard sell and this is how you you know you manage people that are saying that they don't want it and blah 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 and and I honestly I don't follow that I'm just uh, I'm very honest with people and I'm very frank and. Um, and I and I manage their expectations. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just brutally honest with them. But I also tell them, look, if you show up and you uh, and you do the right thing and you're coachable, um, you're going to be successful. But here's what I say to everybody. I said, hey, look, this is a new gym. It's a new environment. It's a new building. It's a new commute. Probably bought new shoes. Everything about this commitment and this journey is new. And I understand that. So it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of time to get into a routine and get into a rhythm. And, and you're going to figure out, you know, where things are and, and where the foam rollers are and where the bikes are and where the bathrooms are and where the spray bottles are. Everything is just new. So I always tell people, look, this is a new endeavor for you. Be patient with yourself. It's a brand new environment. The only thing that will make you feel more, more comfortable is time. So just for the next month, just understand it's new and that's okay. And things are going to be a little bit different because it's just a, a brand new environment. So that is an opportunity to meet people where they're at and also say, Hey, look, if you need anything, like if you need a, you know, a different exercise or regression or progression, something else, or, or just you have an idea or, or something's bothering you, please just, you know, reach out. And that's why we're here. And, and I think for a lot of people, that new conversation puts, puts them at ease because they're like, you know what? They're right. Like, yeah, this is just all different. And um, I think what it does is it it sort of sort of calms them down a little bit to say, look, I know, I get it. Like this is brand new, and and you know, I empathize with where you, with where you are at. So I think it's important to just meet them where meet your clients where they're at for sure. It also should go without saying, like some of the more obvious things, right? Like when they're walking in the door for the first time, like don't have you know, tuna fish stuck be between your teeth as you're shoveling down food, you know, and you got protein shake dripping down your shirt, or you're talking on the phone on speaker, or you're, you know, um, watching YouTube videos, like, be a professional, like, if you want to be regarded as one, you need to play the part. And so that's kind of goes without saying, but it, it needs to be said. Um, now, you, you talked about having something formulaic, something systematic, and you need to be genuine. Absolutely. But there, there is somewhat of a formula to it. And, and part of the formula that we've come up with um, is something called the key questions. And, and basically what I did was, is it kind of looked back and said, you know what, overdoing, I don't know how many different new client consultations and, and, and interviews. Um, I seem to always land on certain things that really hit the mark and that really provide great feedback. And so I said, all right, well, it seems to be that these certain key questions are really critical in A, building rapport, but B, also helping me drive my exercise decisions. And so we, you know, came up with this set of 21 questions, right? We did it before uh, 50 Cent did, and it's broken into uh, three groups of seven questions. And the first group of questions is for the client, right? These are questions you're asking the client and these are critical and why they're key is because if you forget to ask one of these things, it could completely blow up your program. Like if you don't find out like, what does your typical day look like? And you know, you don't ask that. 
but you find out that this person is a bricklayer and they carry cinder blocks all day. But then when you come in for their, they come in for their workout, they're, you're giving them farmer's walks. Like that sounds ridiculous, but if you never asked the question, you wouldn't know. And so we need to understand and appreciate those things. So those are some of the simple ideas of, of asking key questions and asking them, you know, not just what is your goal, but also going a little bit deeper. Well, how do you know when we're going to reach that goal? How do you know you when you've gotten a good workout? Those types of things are, are, are digging a little bit deeper and really kind of peeling back the onion to what the why is. And we'll go a little bit more into some, what some of these questions are as we go. Now, the second piece of that is questions that, that if you have someone who has any kind of injuries, all right, which is basically everybody, right? Okay, so tell me a little bit about those injuries. Instead of just looking at the chart and saying, okay, well, you had a knee injury and then just gloss it over, you need to ask a bunch of questions. When did this happen? What did you do for rehab? How you're working with a professional with this? Those are, are also very key questions to ask. And then last but not least are questions we need to ask ourselves. Say, all right, what am I gonna do with this information? What are uh, some of the, the different ways this is gonna impact my training? Is this something that maybe I need additional help on that I need to refer out on some of these things? So these are really important and it's a systematic way to say, okay, when the person makes, walks in the door, now how you frame it and how you ask these questions is for your personality. It's for your setting, it's for your you know, unique situation, but you should at least get to these main bullet points. And then if you do that, you'll find that it opens up a bunch of conversations and we don't know where those are going to go. And that's going to come down to having just communicate good communication skills. But these key questions set the table for those bigger conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and really what it boils down to is, look, in order for a coach to deliver the best product they can, they need the best available information that they have. And, and uh, you know, in the world of building and carpentry, they have this saying, you know, measure twice, cut once. And, and that's for a reason, right? And, and I think when it comes to evaluating clients, it's important to use that same approach. It's like, hey, before we just dive right in, we need to do our due diligence and, and sort of look at these variables and look at the, the current information and data that we have and then make a decision. But just diving right in is just simply silly. It's just like, you know, making a cut but not measuring first. It's just, it makes zero sense. So, you know, it really is a fact-finding mission so we can make the best decisions possible for our clients. Now, we're obviously both big on, on testing and evaluation, and we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of exactly which tests and why and what we do with the information. We're going to do a whole other show on that. But we do want to talk about why you would do an assessment or an evaluation or a test and and when you would do it and, and with who. And as much as we know a bunch of different um, types of, of, of testing, I still will argue that the best evaluation and assessment that you can do is a really good conversation and being able to really find out more about that individual because you can find out some things about them. And then even when you take those communication skills to your testing, you can find out a little bit about that individual. So if you have that person, let's say we're testing a broad jump and they jump, I don't know, six feet. If you ask them, is that the best you have? Can you jump a little more? And they jump six feet again, you know kind of what you have in front of you, right? They, they, there's one, they're a one gear person. But when that person's like, you know, kind of takes that poke in the chest and like figures out a way to, you know, they'll pull a hip flexor if they have to because you just poked them in the chest. Now you know you have a different animal on your hands and that's going to drive your decisions with your training a little bit differently. So 
with that, there, there's all of this communication is weaved all throughout, even if you're getting into the testing and evaluation. Now, also, even though you may have a standard operating procedure for your testing, there are some times you may want to pull something out of that list or add something in because of that individual that's in there. So talk a little bit about like, all right, you, we, we know what tests we're going to do when someone's walking the door based on what their goals are. Right. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we have to pivot and shift gears. Like what are, give me some situations where you might pivot and shift gears from what the script says and what the standard operating procedure says. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the times uh, I'll have an athlete come in and they're looking to do, you know, performance training and uh, I'll run them through an FMS and, you know, we'll find something that creates pain. Well, they were coming in to, you know, to do an eval, to get a warm up in and do all their performance testing. And I just found out that they've got some, you know, something in their low back is twinging when they do a straight leg raise, right? That's, that's not good. So, you know, I think a lot of the times uh, when people come in and, and are sort of asking about the process and, and as a coach, we have a process, but we also have to have a plan B, right? Or a plan C, because it's not always going to go that way, but that is the whole point of the systematic approach. Like for me, I'm going to, I'm going to look at their movement quality way before I'm going to do any performance testing, because I know that if they have pain with basic movements uh, or they just move like crap, I, I don't know how necessary performance testing is right now. Will it give me metrics and data? Yeah. But um, I, you know, I, at a certain point you have to look at it and go, mm, you know, there's so many other things to worry about right now than performance. Um, then you can go from there. And, and I think that's really important to to go through as a coach to, to, I mean, that's happened so many times. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come in. I mean, I've been teaching kettlebells since 2008 started 2005 or six and people come in and like, I want to do kettlebells. And then they can't touch their toes. They have the worst flexibility ever. They can't even hinge, but they want to do swings. And I'm like, well, guess what, man? I know you wanted to learn swings and get-ups and snatches today, but you can't tie your shoes. So we got bigger fish to fry. So uh, I think having that A, B, C step approach that will allow you to filter and make better decisions in the process is super important as well. Well, the one third rail I know for me with, with testing and evaluation is when it comes to body composition. It's a very sensitive yeah. thing, especially depending on what testing um, you use. If you do something like an in-body, it's it's non-invasive. It's, it's relatively simple. You just got to take your shoes off and that kind of stuff. But if you're doing like, I use skin fold calipers. If I have someone that I know is a little self-conscious about their body, or, you know, especially if it's a, if, if you have a um, thing where you have cross sexes, where it's a male working with a female or a female working with a male, and maybe they're not all that comfortable about like pulling up their shirt and let me pinch their belly on the first day I met them. Um, that's something you want to be sensitive to. Is that data valuable and is it is it pertinent to their goal yeah but maybe today we don't do that until i've built up a little bit more trust and rapport maybe today we just do some soft tape measure measurements to get us a baseline and then go from there now the other thing that's that's really eye-opening when we talk about systems and standard operating procedures with this is that mike when you and i started doing this course and we did our first couple pilot versions of the live course the most eye-opening thing to me was we invited a ton of colleagues and people we knew in the industry that had had been vets like 10 15 20 years in the in the business and when we got to our session on testing and, and evaluation when i asked the question okay so tell me what your battery of tests are like what's your standard operating procedure if someone walks in the door what do you do 
And the answers were like super vague and nobody had like a formula. Like it was like, oh, well, sometimes we'll do a 10 or a flying 10 or we'll do like, I kind of like to, to look at the overhead squat um, or we'll look at their balance a little bit or sometimes I'll get them on the table. And it was like mishmash and there was like no answer to it. And it was, it was shocking to me that that's how people were going about their business. Yeah. I, I, I'm amazed that people are just, and look, these are, let's be honest. These are people that like are good. Like, you know what I'm saying? That we, we know that they're like pretty good at what they do. And, and again, we're not busting balls or anything, but it's just like, um, and look, I mean, this is just a reality. There's a lot of really, really good coaches out there that don't have any good systems at all. And they're just operating on pure intuition and the ability to just be good at shit, but that'll work for a little bit until it doesn't. Right. And, uh, that's why we, you know, <laughs> we can't, we can't just depend on winging it. Yeah. It, it's funny because uh, I'm on the advisory board for a, one of the local colleges here for their, for their exercise science department. And, and we just had a, an advisory board meeting and, and the head of the department was saying like, you know, I don't know if, you know, our trainer, he goes, we're trying to teach them, but I don't know if our trainers, what they're doing on the first day, are they even taking, intake forms are they doing any kind of evaluation or are they just like jumping in you know what i mean so like i tell the story when i teach i had this situation and uh my wife you know got a pass to like one of these big box gyms i don't, I don't remember which one it was and she's like oh can you go show me some exercises when we go which always works out awesome right it's about two exercises in before we're separated you know twenty thousand square feet apart um, but that's another here or there, but I remember I was working out and I saw this firsthand. And if I didn't see it firsthand, I wouldn't believe it. I see this kid who's a trainer. He's, he's young and he's, he's got, you know, I only reason I always a trainer. He's because he's got the polo shirt. That's way too small with the giant iron on, on the back that says trainer. And some young kid walks up to him. Who's maybe <laughs> a freshman in high school. And this was the entire intake process. He goes, Hey, what's your name? He's like, John. Oh, okay, John. And he hands him dumbbells, hands him dumbbells. And then he, he does the motion of curling, like mimics, doesn't say a word, just does the motion of curling. And so the kid just starts curling the weight. And as he starts curling the weight, he's like, so your name was what? John? John. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he played football. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, that's cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. Good. All right. Like that was it. That was the whole intake process. That was the evaluation. That was the whole fact-finding <laughs> mission. I was like, holy shit. That is no wonder, what I'm up against. No wonder why friggin' personal trainers get fun uh, get made fun of all the time. It's either that or uh the the trainer and I love you, man. Do you ever see uh with with Paul Rudd? It's, I mean, it's it, like the trainers and, and and Alan was talking about this, right? How trainers are like they're always the killer or always the weirdo. They're always like yes. the, the moron, right? It's they're never the intelligent, yeah. like, Hey, I'm here to help with your movement competency. Like it, it doesn't really go like that, but yeah, it's, we're kind of the whipping, the whipping guys and gals, you know what I'm saying? Well, and for good reason, when you see shit like that. Hey everybody, a quick break in the action here. Hope you're enjoying the show and we appreciate you listening. We're working hard to bring you the highest quality content and best guests every single week. So if you could do us a big favor and go and like and subscribe to the show on whatever platform you get your podcasts on, it would be greatly appreciated. Be sure to listen at the end of the show also to find out more information about our courses, as well as a special discount code for all our listeners. Thanks again, and let's get back to the show.
let's talk a little bit about logistics. Like there is a process. Like I know there's an absolute process before I ever even do a training session with somebody, there's a process, right? So first thing is I'm having a lengthy conversation with you to explain, you know, this is, this is what it's going to look like. This is what you can expect. What is it that you're looking for? Am I the right delivery for you? Because look, fitness is delivered a lot of ways. You can have it in a group boot, boot camp. You can have it semi-private. You can have it one-on-one. You can have it in large groups. You know, there's a lot of different ways it's delivered. Sometimes it's partially virtual. It's a hybrid type of thing. So you need to make sure that you let the person know what their expectation is. Um, and so I always have that conversation first before they ever walk in the door. And then I send them. So for me, I work everything off of my app. And so first thing I do is send them, okay, here's the link. You're going to download, you're going to do this onboarding questionnaire, which is a very detailed onboarding questionnaire, which includes some of those key questions and includes a medical history and injury history, lifestyle, nutrition, all that stuff is in there. And I'm gathering all the information before I ever even meet you because I'm getting all that, uh, you know, sent to me ahead of time. And then when you walk in the door, then we're having another conversation to kind of go through some of the details and kind of like that new conversation you talked about. And then I'm going to go through some testing and evaluation. And then from there, I can put together the program and then we can get started. Right. And that's, and again, I'm doing things in a different model. That's a one-on-one hybrid coaching type model, but there's all these steps that are happening before I even think of handing you a weight to get started. So talk a little bit about some of the logistics. Like I want to be a client at skill strength. Like what are some of the steps I'm going through there? So, um, you know, the first thing that we try to do is, is, is obviously anytime we capture a lead, the majority of our leads come online. My wife, Amanda, who, uh, basically runs the show and I just teach people how to do pushups. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, the majority of our leads do come from, uh, from the web. So usually he's what kidding, happens he's is getting about the pushup part, but he's not kidding about that. Amanda runs the show. <laughs> no, she totally does. Um, so now I lost my train of thought. Oh, so yeah, they come in. The first thing we do is we schedule a consultation and that's a 30 minute sit down. We just need to see what they, you know, what it is they're looking to do. Um, a lot of the times it's an adult. It could be a husband and wife. Sometimes it's a parent. Sometimes it's a, you know, a parent and the kid. It just, it really depends. But the first thing we do is we just sit down and we get to know them. And then we talk about uh, sort of their goals and their wants and their needs. And then we, we sort of, sort of guide them in the right direction because what we don't want to do at SOS is we don't want to sell someone the wrong product. And a lot of people say, well, just get the sale, get the sale. I just, I don't know. I don't operate like that. Like I know that certain people, certain high school kids are going to do better in a group setting. Certain kids, not too many kids can do great on their own, right? Certain people are going to do better in a group setting. If they're an adult, if they like community and they like classes, they're going to do better there, right? If someone's never trained, well, guess what? They're not going to do a program design type membership right off the bat because they don't know what they're doing. So I think for us, the first thing is getting to know people and then suggesting the best options. So they're going to work towards achieving their goals. It's not just about making the most expensive sale. That's not what we do. I'm not trying to sell everybody the, the, the most expensive package. It's just like, Hey, look, you know, if you're brand new, you're going to do this or this, if you're a kid and if you're an adult, you're going to do this or this. And then we just start. And then we have the evaluation process and do everything that you just said. And then we, we get them going. So, um, it is fairly comprehensive. It's funny because as I walk through it, we're we're always trying to think of more efficient and more economical and just more improved ways to capture their information and be more organized. But we're always trying to find ways to to streamline things and and make sure that 
through the creation of these really good systems, we're not missing anything. And I think that's the important aspect of the entire intake process. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing how many people don't even have intake forms. You know, um, that's why in our course, we include them. We include all of the same intake forms that we use. We share with, with, with our, uh, with our students because here, take it because this is going to be, this is going to be your springboard for your conversation. Cause that way you're going to scan through it in detail. And then you're going to ask back just like, you know, a doctor does on their intake to say, okay, well it says here that you, you know, no smoking, right. You don't smoke. Okay. I just want to make sure. Okay. Cause people will leave stuff out. They'll forget stuff. And, and then you want to go through that. That's your springboard for your conversation. The other thing I use for the springboard for my conversation, and it's dependent on who I have in front of me. If I have a general fitness client, I have, I use one thing as a, as a kind of an overview. And then if I have an athlete, I have another thing, but they're both based on two different um, pyramids that I use. And I actually have the handout that I used and it, it, it starts our conversation. And so with the general fitness client, I have a, a pyramid that's, that's what's called the triad of health, which I, I stole from applied kinesiology. Not that I do any applied kinesiology, but I love the concept. Um, is that it's basically three sides. Holistically, we have our chemical, our mental, and our structural. And I explained to them, you know, the whole concept behind that. And this is going to be our philosophy going forward and how we're going to look at you holistically. And then the, um, if for athletes, I have the performance pyramid, which is basically Gray Cook's performance pyramid of, of um, movement performance skill. But I've blown that out and I've added layers to it and then added subcategories within that. So it actually breaks out to like 60 different components. And then I'll explain like, this is you as an athlete. My job is to figure out where your deficiencies are, where you're good and where do we even start this process? Cause there's a lot of things we need to cover and then kind of explain the, the philosophy of how we're going to go about this. What's this process going to look like and that we're not going to do this overnight. And I think getting that to happen early is we need to make sure that the, the that their beliefs and your philosophy mesh. And you talked about that. We're going to talk about making sure it's a right fit a little bit more, but people come in with certain expectations, as we said, and then they also have certain belief systems about exercise. So I just actually had a, a great conversation with somebody who's referred to me, wants to bring his son in. And, you know, he said, look, I've, I've, I went to another couple other training places and it really wasn't the right fit. And, you know, what, what worked and why that, why the pieces matched up is because what he didn't like about those places are exactly what I am not. Right. And I explained to him, look, if you're looking for the person who's, who's selling you, Hey, I'm going to put eight miles an hour on your fastball or six, six inches on your vertical jump in six weeks. And you're going to come for this, you know, three day a week program. I'm not that guy. Right. Um, I'm not, that's not what I'm selling you on. I'm going to sell you on a long-term process of developing you holistically, regardless of whether you're an athlete or a non-athlete and getting to people to understand, this is how we're going to go about this. This is our, our, our approach. And do you, are you good with this? I think is super important because if not, and they're expecting something else, some people want that. Like I explained to parents that if you're going to send an athlete to me, I have very little bandwidth to see new clients and I only take them on a very limited referral boat basis. And so the way it's going to work is if I see you, I'm going to put together, I'm going to do an evaluation with you. I'm going to have this conversation and then I'm going to put together a program. You're going to follow on your own on your app. And then you'll see me for follow-ups after that. If you're not the person that's going to be, be diligent and follow that, don't come to me, go to, go to the place down the street that does classes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because that's what you're more suited for. And that's fine. That's great. I'm just not the person for you. 
And being able to say who you're not, I think is just as important as being able to say who you are. 100%. And I love the fact that um, you, you talked more about development because, you know, I, I think as, as we both work with athletes and whether they're, you know, younger athletes or at a higher level, um, development is something that takes a long time and development is a never ending process. You never stop. And, and I think what happens, and this happens quite a bit, especially high school, uh, you know, and uh, it happens a lot with marketing and gyms where, what do they do? Right. So they don't care about development. They don't care about the long-term approach. Cause honestly, the long-term approach for a high school kid is to have them strength training, lifting, do strength and conditioning two days a week. And for the, from like sixth grade, all the way till they're done. Like that's honestly what, when we talk about strength and conditioning and development, it just needs to be this never ending process. But this is what happens a lot of times. You get kids that come in and they're so excited. They see the high speed treadmill and they see some kid that ran and could keep up like a hamster on a wheel doing 22 miles an hour. And they're like, wow, this is impressive. And they see some other person doing a heavy sled push with three of his buddies on it. And they have this, this wow factor, right? And they go in and there's this environment. Yeah, it's cool. They're getting people fired up and, you know, they're getting people psyched up. But the problem is, is that it's smoke and mirrors and it's marketing because there is no development, right? There is no long-term approach to development. It's just come in. We're going to get you fired up. We're going to smash you. And then we're going to keep on smashing you until it doesn't work any longer. And then that's going to wear off. And then we're going to go to someone else that actually has a, a developmental approach that has the goals of keeping you healthy long-term, not just, you know, trying to get your money immediately. And that happens so many times with gyms and with places they come in and they, they have this great marketing, right? They come in and they promise this. And then people realize it's just really good marketing. And the rest is just absolute rubbish. And, and eventually, you know, the, the right people, the cream will rise to the top, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer because, um, you know, marketing does what marketing does. And if people have a lot of money or a lot of resources, they can, they can outmarket you, but eventually the good ones will keep going and, and be sustainable. And long-term don't, don't get us wrong. Long-term is not just, we're talking about kids. Like I've had people who were professional athletes for 10 plus years who still had, we still took a long-term lens to them. Now, obviously the window's closing on their athletic career. Obviously they have seasons they have to prepare for. There's deadlines and so forth. But it doesn't mean that we're not looking at them holistically in terms of, okay, what are all the things we need to consider while we're addressing the immediate needs and not just getting caught up in, in putting out fires, so to speak, and that we're really looking at long-term and looking upstream of, of, of trying to address all these things. And then getting that out in the open and, and getting people to, to connect with that and appreciate that. And if they don't, that's fine. I'm just not the person for you. And that's a little scary prospect for a coach, especially starting out because, oh, my, I just spent all this money on lead acquisition. Now I got this person in the door and I'm going to tell them no. Trust me, it is not only the best thing for your own health and psyche to not have a, you know, a, a, Gary Null used to call him a prana sucker, like someone that's just going to suck the life out of you, right, as a client. But it's the best thing for your business, right? Because that's not going to be a good client anyway. So, I mean, we can, you know, kind of move, but we're talking about it's the right fit and we'll swap some stories of of like some of my proudest moment as a trainer is when I've turned people away, when I told them to go away. So I remember when I first first started out, I got a couple good stories. One is I first started out and it was literally my grand opening of my facility. This is 2002, okay? And a guy comes in and he's like, 
Hey, I know everybody in town. Hey, I'm going to get, you know, I want to train three days a week. I have kids. Maybe my wife will come. You got to give me a deal. What's the deal? What deal can you give me? I'm like, sorry, we, we sell service. Like there's a, you know, there's a little bit more, more affordable, you know, rate when you're doing multiple sessions, you know, per week. But other than that, like, you know, there's only so much, it's our time. Like there, we, we can't discount it that much. It's like, Oh, come on. We got to get a better deal. I'm going to get you everybody. You know? And I said, that never sorry. happens. That never, ever, 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 ever happens. That well, has never happened in the history of me doing this. When the, <laughs> the, the, the excited over caffeinated mom or dad's like, I got a whole team for you. It's usually no one. That's usually so, what happens. So anyway, this guy, I'm like, sorry, that's the rates. And, you know, he, he walked off and was kind of pissed. And uh, it's funny because he tell, he would tell this story to every new client when he caught him in a locker room or like he would be, you know, finishing up his session or the, in, in the, or the next person would be coming in or the other way around. And he'd be like, you know, I went home from that day and all I did was bitch to my wife all day Saturday, all day Sunday this little bastard, he's opened up a new business. He doesn't want to give me a deal. Guy wouldn't give me a penny off. Who does he think he is? He's going to go out of business. He's so not this whole thing. And his wife's like, what do you care? Just don't go. And he's like, no, I can't believe he won't give me a deal. And he bitched to his wife for two days. You know what he did Monday morning? Came in and signed up and he's still training with me 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so I mean, stand your ground. Like it's your business. Like, and so if he's not the right fit, he, he won't come back. Yeah. And, and, and look, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit us saying, stand your ground and, and don't take people and don't take their, their business. Um, that is a huge mindset shift and a huge sh sort of shift in, in the way that you're going to do things. So look at the beginning, train everybody you can. I'm not saying train a bunch of jerks and a bunch of assholes, but look, you're gonna have to train some tough people along the way. It'll make you a better coach. It will make you a better coach. So <laughs> don't hear what we're not saying. Don't say, turn everybody away. That doesn't want to, you know, make that doesn't fit this perfect client sort of scenario, but, um, you will get to a certain point that saying no is one of the best decisions you can ever make. Cause I'm a yes person. I, I say, I've said yes to so many things in my life and all it did was stress me out. So, you know, I think, um, you know, sometimes you just have to set up your boundaries and be like, you know what, just no, it's not, it's not going to work. And that's okay. And like you said, nine times out of 10, when you say no to someone they want to train with you even more. Well, it's, it's it cause I mean, studio 54 became the most popular nightclub in history by having a velvet rope. They were the first ones to do it because they didn't let people in. Um, and I've never, there's a lot of people I've regretted saying yes to take them on as a client. I've never regretted any of the notes. I've never went back and said, I wish I would have, I wish I would have never, I had a woman come in. So we used to do the consultation like you did when I had my facility. And I remember I had a, a, a it was a manila folder that we would have. And I, you know, here's all your intake forms on your left and all your, in, and on the right was all our information about our different packages. And so I'm sitting down with her, I'm asking about her goals. And I said, okay, well, let me explain how this works. So I said, the first thing is, you know, we do the evaluation. And then as a mid sentence, she rips the folder out of my hand and she looks, she goes, all right, well, this is what I'd want to do. I'm not going to do the evaluation. I don't need that. I just want to come in and work out. I don't want that. And I took the folder back from her mid sentence for her folded it back up, put it on my desk. And I said, you know what? 
I don't think you're the right fit here. And I said, it was great meeting you. Let me lead you to the door. And I literally had my hand on her back as like her heels are skidding out the door. Like it was nice <laughs> like, meeting you. Have out. a nice day. And it was yeah. the most gratifying thing. I still rejoice. That was like one of my most proud moments as a business owner. It's like that woman was going to be a royal pain in the ass. And she mm -hmm. thought she was going to run the show of like, do that someplace else. Do that at the at the $12 a month gym down the street. That's not what I'm looking to do because she's not only going to be a pain in the ass for me, she's going to be a pain in the ass to my entire staff, to all the other people that she's training around. It's not worth having her. Probably to everybody in their life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So making sure it's the right fit for you, making sure it's the right fit for them, I think is incredibly important and figure that out early. You know, don't, don't figure that out when you're five sessions into a 20 session package and you're like, Oh my God, how am I? Yeah. Your gut, the gut feeling says a lot, right? I mean, if, if, if someone walks in and um, right away, you're like, something doesn't, yeah, this is odd. I think that's a pretty good indication that something might be odd. And uh, you know, um, just how it is, it's going to happen. And if you could tell, it's, if, if it doesn't feel right from the get go, there's a pretty good chance. It's not going to feel right two months down the road when you've taken their money. All right. So what else about the new client experience do we need to go through in terms of, all right, so now this person somehow, some way magically and thankfully has reached out to us to, to use our service. We've put them through some level of hoops to make sure that they're the right fit. We've asked a bunch of questions to learn as much as we possibly can about this person. And we've had some level of procedural uh, process from when they walk in the door um, even about the logistics, like you take them on a tour and you have a very specific way you'd even do the tour, right? It's not just, yeah. hey, here, the bathrooms are over there, foam rollers are over there. Yeah, no, no. We do have uh, a systematic approach where we we talk about what we do. When someone comes through the door, we we tell them sort of, we walk them through the entire gym, tell them what we do in this area. And we tell them how the system works, how many people we allow in the gym at once. And we sort of really sort of walk around and explain to them and have them ask questions. And again, it's like a tour. It's like, like you said earlier about uh, when we had that conversation with Mark Fisher, just being a, a hospitable host, just look, it's like, they're just coming in and you're just being a good host and you're just, you're just talking to them and showing them what they do and, and showing them where things are, but also you're explaining sort of your philosophy and, and why things are where they are and what people do in certain locations, because people are just going to come in and see people exercising and that's what they're going to see. So they don't know the inner workings of what's going on. So I'll even say, well, see, you know, over there, that's, you know, uh, one of our coaches doing a personal training session. And then we've got, you know, a, a group over here or something, and I'll just walk people through it. And I'll just give them a little bit of a rundown. And I also actually introduce them, not introduce them, but walk them over next door to our neighbors, which is a, a complete game physical therapy. Uh, and uh, another, you know, great asset to, to what we provide in house. So you know, I, I basically explained to him, look, explain to our, uh, our clients, like, look, we have a systematic approach. Everything we do is for a reason. And that is to optimize the results that you're looking for. So that's why we're so adamant about our approach and how we do things, because we know the recipe that works. And really what we're trying to do is just get people to understand what that recipe is, but also to actively do it. And, and don't assume that they know what all your policies are don't assume that no. they even read through whatever webs web page you sent to them or whatever forms you gave them you know you yeah. want to go through that like little things to to the point of saying okay well 
you know, we have some cardio equipment over here. You know, if you get here a couple minutes early and you want to jump on that, that's okay. Or if you get here early, just grab a foam roller and start going through some of your warm up. Cause if not, they'll yeah. sit in their car with it idling thinking I can't come in until, you know, nine o'clock on the dot. I, if I walk in at eight 59, it's somebody else's appointment. I'm not allowed in. Right. Or if I'm yeah. done, am I allowed to hang out? Am I, you know, can I get changed here? Do you guys have chat? Like all those little things are important for them to understand and appreciate. So they feel comfortable and they know what the boundaries are uh, for, for those types of things. So they, so they, they get that, that from the logistical side, but it's a good way to kind of reinforce what the, the, um, you know, the processes. And sometimes, like yeah. I said, they're, they're, they're ignorant to it. Sometimes they take it too literally. Uh, we, you know, we had a college kid that came in to train once at my facility and uh, he went to foam roll and he like went to foam roll, like literally like on the heels of somebody who's about to step back out of the squat rack. And it, you know, and the, my one trainer is, you know, he had a good rapport with him at that time. He's like, Hey, you can't, he goes, don't foam roll here. Cause he could have got killed. And he's like, well, where do I go? And he just kind of joked. He goes, I go in the locker room. The kid went in the locker room. He was foam rolling under, he's like, where did the kid go? He goes, I think he went in the locker room and he was literally foam rolling <laughs> under the bench in the lockers. And it's like, <laughs> so you, understanding that from the beginning, say like, Hey, if you want to warm up, go over here. It's fine. Stay as long as you yeah. want. You know, you want to, you, you know, if you get here early, come here and do this stuff. That's fine. Oh yeah. And, and I think it's important too is, and, and we're starting to do this more, we're actually changing the gym around even a little bit more to try to make the flow even that much better and having designated areas. And, um, this is something that, um, you know, I never realized how important it was until we started really streamlining things. And then I realized like, wow, having designated, um, like designated areas that are sort of really, really apparent and carved out, uh, in the gym is really important because you have to realize like you're dealing with humans and some humans are really good at paying attention and some humans are not, and that's okay. But that is why, look, there's a reason why when you're driving, there's lines in the road, right? It's to make sure that you stay within the lanes. And, um, you know, when you own a gym, anytime you can create lanes for people to stay in is never a bad thing. Absolutely. So always great having a good conversation about uh, the stuff that, that people ask us quite a, a bit about. So if you have any specific topics you'd like to cover or questions that you have, make sure you reach out to us on any of the social media platforms, or you can reach out to us through the website. You have our contact uh, information in there and you can contact us there with any questions you have. And we want to thank you for listening. And this has been the principles of performance podcast. Thank you for listening to the principles of performance podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, please like and share on your social media outlets, as well as subscribe and give us a review on YouTube Apple Podcasts, or whatever your preferred platform is to listen to. For more information on the principles of program design courses and workshops, visit us at www.principlesofprogramdesign.com and follow us on all of the social media channels where we post new content every day. To save 10% on any PPD courses, enter the discount code PRINCIPLESPODCAST10 at checkout. If you have any questions we can answer or suggestions for the show, you can email us at info at principlesofprogramdesign.com or message us on social media. Thank you again for your support.